0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 7 continued. Section 3. What suffering, what want of God. At last, on December 21st, Mother Teresa went into the slums for the first time as a missionary of charity. Through the challenges of the past two years, she had remained faithful to the call and had finally reached her goal, the dark holes of the poor. One of her first followers later remarked, seeing her poorly dressed in a simple, humble sari, with a rosary in her hand, making Jesus present among the poorest. One could say a light has dawned in the darkness of the slums. The Calcutta Mother Teresa now faced had been very much affected by the consequences of World War II, the aftermath of the 1943 famine and the frequent riots in the city. Immediately after India's independence, the influx of people into the capital of Bengal was enormous. The city was known for its palaces, now saw its slum areas growing. The poor, who could afford to rent tiny shacks, only several square feet of often windowless space, jammed with their scant belongings, survived often on a bare minimum of food and with practically no medical help available. Schooling for their children was beyond their means. The number of street dwellers who lacked even this bare minimum was growing and they were at the mercy of illness, hunger, and starvation. Mother Teresa describes the painful realities she encountered on that first day. At 8 a.m., I left St. Joseph's at St. Teresa's. I took Veronica with me and we went out. We started at Tatala and went to every Catholic family. The people were pleased, but children were all over the place and what dirt and misery, what poverty and suffering. I spoke very, very little I just did some washing of sores and dressings, gave medicine to some. The old man lying on the street, not wanted, all alone, just sick and dying. I gave him carberson. The old man was so strangely grateful after he drank. Then we went to Tatala Bazaar. And there was a very poor woman dying, I think, of starvation more than TB. What poverty. What actual suffering. I gave something which will help her to sleep. But the woman is longing to have some care. I wonder how long she will last. She was just 96 degrees at that time. She asked a few times for confession and Holy Communion. I felt my own poverty there, too, for I had nothing to give that old woman. I did everything I could. But if I had been able to give her a hot cup of milk or something like that, her cold body would have got some life. I must try and be somewhere close to the people where I could easily get at the things. Every new day in the slums brought new challenges. Besides the poverty, hardships, and insecurity, Mother Teresa had to face the criticisms that she had anticipated. Not all understood her efforts, nor saw the benefit of her work among the poor. This did not alarm her. Her confident answer, the harbinger of future ones, shows her determination. I believe some are saying, what use of working among these lowest of the low? That the great the learned, and the rich are ready to come, so it is better to give full force to them. Yes, let them all do it. The kingdom must be preached to all. If the Hindu and Muslim rich people can have the full service and devotion of so many nuns and priests, Surely the poorest of the poor and the lowest of the low can have the love and devotion of us few. The slum sister they call me, and I am glad to be just that for his love and glory. The slum sister they call me, and I am glad to be just that for his love and glory. In time... To remain the slum sister, Mother Teresa would need an extension of her status as an ex-claustrated nun. She realized that remaining a religious, which she had initially considered unnecessary, was providential. Being a nun inspired confidence in the people and in the young girls who thought of joining her. Thus, on February 1949, she wrote to Archbishop Perrier. Of my free choice, I desire to continue working for the poor in the slums and to live the life. Therefore, I beg your grace to allow me to ask from the sacred congregation to prolong the indult of exclaustration until the life and constitutions of the missionary Sisters of Charity be approved. Despite sufferings and nagging temptation to go back to the security of Loretta, Mother Teresa continued to follow the difficult path God had set for her. That the path was indeed formidable is evident from the journal entry of February 16th. Today I learned a good lesson. The poverty of the poor must often be so hard for them. When I went rounding looking for a home, I walked and walked till my legs and arms ached. I thought how they must also ache in body and soul looking for home, food, help. Then the temptation grew strong. The palace buildings of Loretto came rushing into my mind. All the beautiful things and comforts, the people they mix with, in a word, everything. You have only to say a word. And all that will be yours again, the tempter kept on saying. Of my free choice, my God, and out of love for you, I desire to remain and do whatever be your holy will in my regard. I did not let a single tear come. Even if I suffer more than now, I still want to do your holy will. This is the dark night of the birth of the society. My God, give me courage now, this moment, to persevere in following your call. As Mother Teresa had foreseen, this new life was bringing her, for the most part, only suffering. Yet she accepted that if it had to be so, for this was the dark night of the birth of the society the poverty of the poor, was becoming her own. At the same time, God was supplying the courage to persevere for which she had prayed. After two long months of searching, God answered her plea for a new home. The Gomes brothers, two of whom lived in Bangladesh, made available to her the third floor of their home at 14 Creek Lane. This was to become the first home for the missionaries of charity. Mother Teresa moved there at the end of February, yet the trials persisted. Today, my God, what tortures of loneliness. I wonder how long will my heart suffer this. Father Bowens, S.J., the parish priest of St. Teresa's, came to bless the house. Tears rolled and rolled. Everyone sees my weakness. My God, give me courage now to fight self and the tempter. Let me not draw back from the sacrifice I have made of my own free choice and conviction. Immaculate heart of my mother, have pity on thy poor child. For love of thee I want to live and die and MC. It was unusual for Mother Teresa, normally self-possessed, to let others see her suffering. Only two weeks earlier, though pressed by trials and temptation, she had not let a single tear come. Her ability to bear the pain and loneliness had now reached her limit. Certain that by her own strength she could not cope, she turned to God in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why, as Catholics, do we speak about the virtue of courage, one of the four cardinal virtues, the hinge virtues on which all of life depends, prudence, temperance, courage, and, for- courage and justice? Courage is another name for fortitude. Why do we have the virtue of courage and the gift of the Holy Spirit, one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, courage, wisdom, understanding, courage, counsel, piety, knowledge, and fear of the Lord? What's the difference between the gift of courage and the virtue of courage? Well, we see tonight Mother Teresa praying for courage. She had left everything, even her religious house. And just like Jesus, when he was fasting in the desert and the devil came and said to him, you can have all this, all the kingdoms of the world, if you fall down and worship. If you say one word, you can have it all. The devil lied. And so mother felt this sort of temptation to return to Loretto. But then what did she pray for? Courage. You see, courage as a virtue is actually more complex than we realize. There is a kind of natural virtue of courage that we can get by facing dangerous things, difficult things. Feeling fear. And in the face of the fear, doing what reason commands us to do. That is, doing the reasonable thing, doing the right thing, even though you feel fear. That builds up courage. Courage holds us up from running away. But what happens if you're called to do something supernatural? What happens if you're called to tell someone the truth? What if you're called upon to have a very difficult spiritual conversation? Well, natural courage won't do that. And you need some kind of supernatural courage. And this is infused into our hearts at baptism. The Holy Spirit allows us to fast, to pray more, all kinds of things that are a kind of supernatural plane that allow us to live in the face of certain fears, fears of what people think. And this is beyond any kind of natural courage we can acquire by our own activity. Those are virtues. They follow our reason. But what if God asks some some of us to do something that's beyond all of that? Like asking Mother Teresa to go into these slums. And we hear the conditions tonight of the slums. What she was going into what she was experiencing. Well, that requires a courage that's superhuman. This requires the Holy Spirit himself to directly put into our soul a kind of remarkable courage, a courage that is almost divine, a courage that allows us to do things that goes so contrary to our feelings that we would never, even with infused courage, be able to do it. And this kind of courage is what Mother Teresa was experiencing. And notice how she prays for it. In other words, however we describe it, there is a courage that's a gift because there are things we have to do that we're so afraid of doing. We're so afraid of what people will think. We're so afraid of what it might do to us. We're so afraid of our reputation. We're so afraid of failing. We're so afraid of being alone. We're so afraid of suffering. And ultimately, with martyrs, even our Lord himself felt the fear. He was so afraid in the garden that he sweated blood. Father, let this cup pass for me, but not my will, but thy will be done. For us to face those fears, we need God's help. But if God wants us to do something, he will open the way and he will sustain us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.